the Babble Room, the podcast where we babble on about things that fascinate us and hopefully fascinate you too. Hey guys, welcome back to the Babble Room. My name is Emily and I'm joined with Megan today. Hi everyone. And we're back with another episode on the birth of theater. What are we talking about this week? <laughs> this week we're talking about Roman theater. Okay, another topic I have absolutely no knowledge on. Very excited. Really? So, oh, yeah, it's it's still classic studies, right? Yeah, still classic, still don't know. I, know, I don't know. It's just like for me, it's, it's just basic history. So I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue you. why you don't. <laughs> it's just basic history. <laughs> okay, that was rude. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. So this week we're talking about Roman theater. Exciting. So do you know about what time Roman theater was? I'm going to go and say that it was during the Roman Empire. Um, do I know anything else about it? I'm going to go ahead and say Colosseums and Gladiators. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. That's all I know. Okay. So Roman theater had two genres, which were... Tragedy and comedy? Yes, exactly. Yay! Like the Greeks. Exactly. Because they like to copy the Greeks. Well, yeah, on literally everything. Yeah, everything. All right, so let's start with tragedy. Apparently, we have no recollection of early Roman tragedy as it didn't survive time. But we do have the work slash tragedies of two authors that survived times. And one of them was very low-key as he remained unknown to this day. Okay. But, but... The other one was the philosopher Lucius Annius Seneca. Have you heard of him? I have heard of Seneca, yes. So what about Seneca? All right, so what we know is night of his place arrived, uh-huh. all of which has considered Latin tragedy with Greek subjects. So basically he was writing as, well, apart from being really inspired by the Greeks, he was writing about um, Greeks' characters as well. So was he basically kind of using plays that already existed, changing the names to Latin names, being like, recycle, rehash, and republish? Mostly. Okay. So Seneca tragedy can be considered a style that used rhetoric structure or the art of persuasion through paradox and discontinuity. So a very philosophical approach of theater, basically. He also explores psychology of the soul and the mind through soliloquies and monologues. So more philosophy. Yeah. That's what he's all about, basically. Yay. Yay. You like, yeah, I forgot how much you like philosophy, right? So much is my favorite topic of all time. Of all time. <laughs> of all time. All right, so comedy now. What do you know about comedy? Absolutely nothing. Nothing about Roman comedy, but hopefully it'll be better than Roman tragedy and philosophy. <laughs> I mean, it might be a bit better. Who knows? I mean, unless their idea of comedy was a gladiator and a lion in the Colosseum, then I do not understand their humor. But if it's anything else... Yeah, no. No. Good. When it comes to Roman comedy, we can think about two playwrights that achieved fame through decades around uh, 200 BC. I I like how you're saying that as if I'm going to guess who they are. I have no idea. So you didn't have like any idea of who they are? I mean, I'm going to need a bit more than Roman authors in 200 BC. If I'm telling you Plautus? No. Terence? 
Nope. Really? <laughs> wow. No idea. Oh, you got me surprised there. Okay. I don't so know let me anything <laughs> about the history of theater. You know this. We've established this. You know what? Let me tell you more about them. Yay. As we... Has has I read on Plautus, his early life isn't well known mm-hmm. because they, I don't know they don't have any recollection of it. I mean, it was two hundred BC. I think we it was yeah, it was a while ago. But we do know that he wrote about a hundred and thirty plays, of which twenty survived, That's completely intact. Yeah, completely intact. Um, yeah, and because of that, he's considered one of the most prolific dramatists in terms of like surviving work. That's super cool. Yeah. So the rest of his work has been found partially intact. Of course, like, I mean, most of it was, like, not in good shape. (laughs) I mean, if you spent 2,000 years in a jar or, you know, under the sand, I can understand that it's not in great condition. Yeah, no. Um, So it was mostly uh, fragments of texts and quotations that they found. Um, His... Chief manuscript is known as the Ambrosian. I'm so sorry for <laughs> forgive my pronunciation right here or like during the whole podcast, but <laughs> Ambrosian <laughs> Palimpsest is a manuscript book or a scroll that can be um, scraped or washed in order to reuse for another purpose. I thought a palimpsest was a. My God, I don't even know if I pronounced that right. But I thought it was a word that could be read forwards and backwards. I think I know what you're talking about, but it's not the same word. But it's really close to it, but I don't remember what the word is. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, but I don't. All right, so it is made of um, animal skins, just like, well, usually a calf, but can be also baby goats, which is really sad. Yeah. And it was really... Also very, very expensive back in the days. So not a lot of people would use that. Also, Plutus was apparently very poor, so I don't know how he managed to write on that kind of scroll. I mean, he probably had some patrons on his. Patreon? He had a Patreon? <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> Shameless. Shame yeah, as, as some of you may know, we do have a Patreon. Please leave us. <laughs> If you want to check out some cool behind-the-scenes contents and support us in our podcasting journey, please feel free to visit the link in our bio. Thank you so much. (laughs) This was a non-paid message. (laughs) Anyway, all that to say that back then, a lot of artists were not very wealthy, so they would have patrons who would subsidize their work. So they were the ones paying for the materials. They were the ones paying for basically everything. Yeah, that makes sense. So he had a sugar daddy. All right, so on a more historic side, Plautus was really early on his time as Roman theater was still very undeveloped and premature and the Roman Republic was expanding in power, like power-wise and in, in, in influence. I mean, we all know how the Roman Empire just kind of, it was like Pac-Man just eating everything as it went. Mm-hmm. So... Because Plautus was writing comedy with Greek characters, he was often accused of mocking the gods. For instance, we could read in one of his work that he would rather be loved by a woman than a god, therefore comparing a mortal woman to a god. That sounds like a very serious offense. Yeah, so that's not good. But like, I mean, he thinks it was funny. 
just like I feel like this comic <laughs> is about to turn into a tragedy. I mean, I don't know. Like, there was no like um, following of that thing. It was just some people were just like very offended by it. So mm-hmm. probably the Vestal Virgins, but okay. All right. So influences of his play were um, well, mostly old and new Greek comedy. The father-son relationship. I don't know why it makes me laugh, but it makes me laugh. And and then the farce as well. Um, also, on like side note, completely apart, something really cool is that the Shakespeare's play Comedy of Errors is telling the plot of two of Plotus plays. Okay, so Shakespeare's play is a retelling of this Roman playwright's plays, which are a retelling of Greek plays. Yeah, two of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, okay, so the chain goes... It's like Russian that. dolls of plays, yeah. I was going to say, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, and the plays are the... Sorry for my pronunciation again. The Menachme and Enfitro, I think. It's pronounced. I have I don't, never I don't, heard about those before. And you know okay. what? Latin is a dead language, so however you pronounce it, you're right, because nobody speaks it anymore. Okay, so there you go. So the Menachme is about two separated twins who are mistaking for each other. That sounds pretty funny, actually. <laughs> that sounds like one of Sha- like one of Shakespeare's play. So I don't know if we've talked about this yet in the podcast, but I don't like Shakespeare. I think you mentioned it. Yeah, you might have mentioned it before. Probably. So I would not know which play you're talking about. <laughs> okay, and so the Enfitro is about the. Uh, Masters and servants that become confused. Like, no details on it. It's just, like, they're just become confused. I would assume that they switch places. Hmm. Also sounds actually pretty funny. Yeah. So, going to Terrence now. So, the one, you still don't know him, right? Sorry, no, you said Terrence. In my head, I immediately went Terrence Howard, but obviously not the same person. Obviously not. (laughs) Terence, like as in Plotus and Terence, not not that I've one. Never heard of of either of them. So. Okay, <laughs> okay. You can you can you can try every time you bring them up again. You can try to see if I've suddenly remembered something. But I know no. I'm trying so much, but <laughs> you no. just don't. You don't know. I don't. Okay. There's no room in my brain for that. After this okay. podcast, maybe, but right now, I have nothing. I mean, you will know them after this podcast for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, so. Terence was a Roman African playwright brought to Italy as a slave by a senator who educated him and later was so, so impressed by his skills that he freed him. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So just like Plotus, um, Terence adapted Greek plays, but his way of writing was way simpler, resulting of Latin conversations. It has been said that it was a bit less funny to watch, but easier to understand. I mean, honestly... Yay, because those philosophical plays, you just, you got to nod off after a while. At least if they understood this, they could go back and enjoy it many times. I mean, it's still Latin, right? Yeah, but back then people spoke Latin. Yeah, yeah, true. All right, so Theron's work was very popular around the Middle Ages and Renaissance. As it was, of course, written in Latin, they would use it as a teaching method and his work were also used by a lot of monasteries and convents, and it was described as entertaining and clear to read. So basically, Good job, Terrence. Yeah. And 
Do you want to know how much manuscripts containing Terence's works out there? Okay, so let me think about this. So the Greeks <laughs> didn't have so many. I think the average was like seven. And then our friend, I forget what his name was, the first one you were talking about. Uh, he had what, 20? Platus. Platus, sorry. Uh, 130. That were found. I thought only yeah. 20 were found. Well, I mean, like, he, I think like 130 were found, but like most of them were just like in really bad conditions. So, so they the were like mostly okay. like. So 20 yeah. surviving works. Yeah, that were like completely intact. Okay. Um, I'm going to say 17. No. Is it higher or lower? It's higher. It's way higher. It's way higher. Um, well, I mean, like that that they that they like. This is just a number of like what they found, like how much he did, but not like how many he wrote. Yeah, that they found. If you say it's way higher, uh, one hundred forty-five. No, it's way higher. Two thousand three hundred forty-two. You say three thousand? Two thousand three hundred forty-two. That's a bit higher, but no. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're too high. No, you were too high. No, sorry, you're too high. Okay, six hundred and fifty-four. What the fuck? Is it actually? 650. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Oh, the historian in you. Oh my god. Okay. That was that was a really good guess. Thank you. So yeah, but like, of course, not all of them survive. Mm-hmm. Um, but the six most popular are, and I'm going to butcher the names so bad, um, Adelpho, which translates by the brothers, Eunicus, Formio, Euton, the self-tormentor, Esira, the mother-in-law, and Andrea, the girl of Andros. Okay. My Latin classes are kicking in. I don't (laughs) think that I know the conjugations of these verbs, of these verbs, of these words, but uh, please continue. I'm butchering the names and I don't care. I said it. That's okay. So... What caused the downfall in popularity of Plautus and Terence is that the audience wasn't as attentive as the Athenian audience because their plays were part of a broader event, which was, do you want to guess? Um... You would guess it, the Roman games. <laughs> you didn't even let me answer. You gave me like three and a half seconds and you were like, fuck it, fuck this bitch. <laughs> wow is this where we get the gladiators and the roman games yeah there you go so the games were held during the harvest festival in september taking place in an area known as the circus maximus okay which i think was located between two like little mountains or something i mean the city of rome is built on seven quote-unquote mounds or mountains so it yeah. was probably somewhere in rome yeah but as i yeah as i recall it was like between two of them hills seven hills mm-hmm. in rome hills yeah no not mountains hills <laughs> mountains hills. no it's not mountains in the middle of rome yeah, no. little hills it's a bit too, yeah too bit too high okay so um the main events are of course sporting events and that being said it is said that one of Terence's display completely failed to attract people's attention as there was there was a boxing match playing at the same time. 
I mean, that makes sense. Do you want to go see people act out a story on stage that you might have heard before? Or do you want to see two people punching each other until one of them bleeds or dies? Right. I'm not, I'm not even sure they were really acting out at that time. I, I like, I think that they were like a dramatic reciting. I, I think that they were like kind of reciting the thing, but I don't know if they were like really so acting it would have been out. more storytellers than acting. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm not like a hundred percent sure on that one, but I think that is. If not, somebody's going to tell me. All that to say that the Roman circus was way more popular than Roman plays at the time, as one would have guessed it. Later on, the Roman Empire collapsed, leaving no space for theater until the revival of theater in the late 10th century. Oh, wow. Yes. That's, and like a, that, that's a thousand years. That's a long time. Could you go a thousand years without like theater and drama and... I don't want to say the arts because there's still painting and other types of art, but that's a really long time. That's a really long time, yeah. So what did you learn today? I learned that I still don't know much about theater. Definitely okay. not the Roman theater. I learned today that I knew more about the Greek theater than the Roman theater because I had no inkling, no clue about anything that was happening today. But it was very interesting and it's it's funny because studying uh, the Middle Ages and the Renaissance, like you get all of this, but you get all of this Greco-Roman revival, and it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting to hear where it came from. So now a lot of yeah. the stuff I studied makes more sense, which is really cool. Yay! Would you read any of the um, Greek th- theater um, thing? No. <laughs> no. Oh, that's so sad. I had to read it. I'm well, so not all of them. I was going to say Four. 650 plays. That's yeah, plays. yeah, that's what I read. Yeah, <laughs> on a daily basis, you know. I mean, you already had to read Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm sure there's stuff that I read that you'd be like, oh my God, ew. Most of what you read. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, ew. I mean, history is not really my thing. Well, you're pretty good at the history of theater, so I'll give you that. Thank you. That's what concludes today's episode on the second part of the birth of theater. I hope you guys enjoy. And if you did, you can give us some thumbs up, comments, suggestions, or just love on any of our platforms. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Babble Room. The link to our website is also in our bios. If you click on that, you'll have access to our show notes for this episode and the previous episodes, as well as a little bit more information on us, who we are, and you can give us a follow there as well. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're so excited to be doing this for all of you, and we hope you join us again next week. Bye! Bye.